Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Here we are again. What goodies have you for us this week? Well, as so often happens, it's uh, it's a few Amazon stories to uh, to kick off with. The right. starting with the. I can remember the world living. before Amazon. I'm just thinking. I can remember the world before Amazon. I can remember Amazon when it was only a book site. Yes. How can yeah. how can we, how can we buy anything before Amazon? I don't know. Hmm. We have to go to yeah. shops. Remember shops. They used to have uh, them in high streets. Remember high streets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all changed. Sorry, it has. I interrupted. You so what have they got for us? Well, it's what they haven't got for us. And what they haven't got for us is a means of accepting Visa credit cards as of the 19th of January next year, which is not very far away. Mm. Visa debit cards will be okay, but Visa credit cards, they've said no. And why have they said no to uh, debit cards, credit cards when they've been... Oh, you're, you're asking my time? questions for me now. I'm asking your question. Well, you can ask if you like, and then I'll pretend I didn't ask it's it fine. first. I assume you're going to tell us. Uh, because um, since Brexit, we are no longer bound by the EU regulations capping credit cards. Mm. And the fee between the EU and the, and the UK has gone up from 0.3% to 1.5%, which is a massive... The fee to the merchant? Yes. Right. The fee to Amazon, yes. Um, and they said, we're not going to put up with this. Uh, understandably, I suppose. But, and they said, well, you can just change your Visa card to a, to a MasterCard. But of course you can't, because banks will tend to do one or the other, and they don't mm. give you the choice. Yes. Sadly, we do live in a world in which it is quite easy to get credit cards. I'm sure you can find a way of doing it. Yes, um, but if you don't before the nineteenth of January, then you're you're kind of stuck. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I suspect Visa will suddenly find they don't need to charge quite so much. They may well do. Well, there are nineteen million Barclay Card users in the UK, hmm. and uh, if all of them suddenly find they can no longer use Amazon, then they're going to be somewhat miffed. Hmm. I would think. Mind, I I just recalled that you know we we can remember. A world before Amazon. I can remember a world before credit cards. When Visa was your flexible friend. Your flexible friend, indeed. So it was. So, so long Gosh. ago. Yes. Cleverly named product, because it's nothing to do with credit at all. It's all to do with debt. However. Yes. However. Let's move um, on. Today is the beginning of Amazon's Black Friday. Well, if people are listening today, but on a podcast, of course, they could be listening later. They could. They could be listening years to come. So today, when we were recording, is the beginning of Black Friday, which is tomorrow when we were recording. But today, we're probably listening to it uh, today, if that makes any sense. And they've got the usual slew of uh, discounts, mainly on their own products. So, for example, you can get a Fire TV stick, which is the thing that allows you to mm-hmm. easily access Netflix and Amazon Prime and all the rest on your 
dumb TV, um, half price at uh, just a penny under 20 quid, which is, which is rather good. Now, what's interesting about the new Fire TV sticks is that they come with dedicated buttons for Amazon Prime, Amazon Music, Netflix, and uh, Disney. Now, oh. I don't subscribe to the Disney Channel, nor will I subscribe to the Disney Channel. I don't really want a button for it. I have found a way of remapping that button so I could map it to, for example, uh, BBC iPlayer. Right. Uh, which seems fairly complicated. I have ordered my new Fire TV stick. It will come tomorrow, and next week I will tell you how and indeed if okay. it can be done. Why? But you've got Amazon Fire Sticks coming out of your wazoo. Why do you need new Amazon Fire Sticks? Not just for the ease of pressing a button to switch because to Netflix, surely. my son has broken his Amazon Fire Stick, uh. and... Um, so I thought I'd get him and give him my old one and get myself. Yeah. Him. Okay. That does make that does make it sense. does make sense. Yes, it's odd because everybody's all these new ones have the Netflix button, but I know some people who still don't have Netflix. They decided they prefer other things. Yes. Well, you can remap them. Hmm. Okay. Or can you? We'll find out. Well, we'll, we'll find, find out, out next week. Yes. yes. But if you can't, they certainly can't. Okay. <laughs> so what now? Uh, well, Apple have, in a rather extraordinary uh, U-turn, have announced that they're going to be selling uh, self-service repair kits as of next year. They're going to start with the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 13, followed by uh, the M1 Max, so the, the newer mm. uh, laptops and the smaller new uh, iMac. And they'll provide things like the display uh, the battery, the camera, the things that tend to break. They make you read the manual online before you can order the parts, just so you know how difficult it is, because it's not easy. I have tried replacing screens, not on these phones, but I've tried replacing screens on iPods mm. in the past, and it is incredibly difficult. So mean, once you've so reviewed the manual, you can order the parts and the tools. But if you don't know what you're doing, I recommend you don't do it. But it does seem an extraordinary thing. I mean, almost every company now does everything it can to stop people repairing devices, partly, yes. I suppose, because they want to keep control of them themselves, but also because these things are quite difficult. I mean, you know, we're not yes. talking about valves that you plug and un un unplug anymore, are we? We're not talking about valves anymore. You wouldn't fit very many <laughs> no. valves inside of No, but people could occasionally repair old wireless sets and yes, things like yes. that. But why do you think they're doing it? Because they've always made a big thing about, you know, the uh, the genius bar and taking it into Apple and getting it repaired yeah. that way and well, presumably make money out of it. There are plenty of third-party repairers out there who, up until now, Apple have said, don't use those or avoid your warranty. And what they're basically saying is it will no longer avoid your warranty. And these people can now buy authentic, certified Apple spare parts rather than whatever cheap Chinese knockoffs they were getting before. Okay. I imagine the cost of repairs will go up because I don't think Apple will make these parts available all that cheaply. But mm. we will see. Who knows? It's, um, well, it's intriguing. Let's have one of these. Right. Why now? Well, a record number of puppies were bought during the pandemic as people mm -hmm. were stuck at home and wanted something to um, uh, entertain them. Well, now, you tell us, people... tell us you had dog, t dog TV last we week. We did have dog TV last week. And, um, and if you had a Dachshund, you could probably get old copies of the magazine for Dachshunds. You almost certainly could. <laughs> I wonder how many back copies there are. But <laughs> yeah. They're probably all chewed up, don't you think? <laughs> yes, that's probably <laughs> the case, yes. Yes. Um, well, uh, the, the, 
the trouble is the dogs are being left at home alone for mm. the first time ever. And they are understandably getting lonely. And maybe they don't like what's on TV. Mm. Enter the dog phone. Oh, now, no. There has been for some time, uh, we've talked about it on this show, products where you can put a camera in your, in your home and then you can yes. phone your dog. And you could even project laser beams onto the floor for the dog to chase around. So yes. the yes. dog phone is different because the dog can now call you. Oh, my goodness. And how does this happen? Well, it has to shake a ball, which then makes a video call to you. So imagine you're in the middle of a meeting and you get a call. You say, oh, sorry, I've got to take this. It's my dog. Dog. <laughs> um. Anyway, one would have thought that dogs might want to shake a ball more often than they actually want to speak to their owner. Yes, yes, you might well think that. You could also call the dog, but then it's up to the dog to decide if it wants to answer or not. Mm. <laughs> but I can't have feelings. You know, dogs play with the ball all day and then their bloody owners keep getting I know, I know, chatting I know. to them. It makes little sense. This has been something been developed by uh, academics at the universities of Glasgow and Alto in Finland. And they've they've got together to know possibly they've got, on Zoom. Good to know they've got their minds on <laughs> exactly. such important things. Well, they haven't actually released this yet, but they're saying they're going to. So who knows? Let's hope they don't, for the sake of people in meetings everywhere. Can you imagine if you're an academic in the next office down, going in <laughs> and seeing what they've been doing? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. It's curious. Shall we move on? Yes. Local department meeting. When, yes. you're, when you're vying for funding, you're talking about something serious like cold fusion or green hydrogen, mm. and your neighbours are talking about phones for dogs. Yes. Yeah, and they'll probably get the funding as well. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Right. What now? Uh, well, from see, sublime to the ridiculous. In fact, the ridiculous to the possibly more ridiculous. Mm. Themis. I'm sure you know that Themis was the Greek goddess of justice and social order. Not sure that I had no. No, no, I didn't know that either. I didn't know there was such a thing, but apparently there is. But Themis is now the name of a device that's to be used in classrooms that listens for offensive language and uh, offensive jokes. And when it hears uh, language or jokes that it doesn't like, then it triggers a warning and it plays an alarm sound. Yes. Uh, Little brother. Rather than big like brother. just like little brother, little brother. Um, this is uh, the brainchild, if you can say that, of a woman called Zina Issa, and it was shown at the Global Grad Show in Dubai. So Zina Issa, I assume, is a global graduate of some kind. I have visited her website, where curiously she makes no mention of uh, of Themis, although perhaps. Perhaps she hasn't updated her website, or perhaps she thinks it's too ridiculous to talk about. But other people are talking about it. Oh, hmm. You can't mm. help feeling there may be schools that actually put these things in. They're extraordinary. Yes. Listening for all offensive languages and jokes and then sounding an alarm. Oh, be a good way of bunking off lessons, though. It would. No, you're you a really yes. tedious double maths lesson. Yeah. I say, I say, say, my dog's got no nose. Yes. The alarm goes off, you have to troop out. Exactly. Yeah, waste a lot Perfect. of time that way. Perfect. I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> probably will. Probably will. Well, um, let us pause for breath on that momentous moment. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.
This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Gadgets and Gizmos with me and Steve Kaplan. So Steve Kaplan's the one who's got all the, the gadgets at his fingertips. Where are we I going now? At my very fingertips. Uh, well, we're off into space. Uh, the satellites, there are more satellites than ever, and people are bugging them up at an incredible rate. The trouble is it's very expensive to get them up there because you need a rocket to get a satellite into space, as anyone yes. knows. Yes. No, you don't. Not anymore, you don't. Not thanks to, thanks to Spin Launch. Spin Launch being a new satellite launch system based on a slingshot principle. Wow, so it could be a big bit of elastic. It's a big bit of elastic. It's a giant um, container um, in which the projectile containing the satellite is whirled around at up to 500 miles an hour in a vacuum to uh, to reduce the, the friction, yes. of course. And it's held by a carbon fibre tether. Hmm. And then when it got to, gets up to the correct speed, they then open uh, a door through another chimney. And it fires it up through the chimney into space. And the whole thing, it's about twice the size of Nelson's column. And it they can reckon they can fire satellites of up to 200 kilograms. So not people at any time soon, unless those people are not, are not in the spaceship. Well, uh, would, would you want to be the person whirled round 500 miles an hour in a va- vacuum first? I'm not sure well, I would. You wouldn't, because they go at uh, up to 10,000 Gs, 10,000 times the, uh, the, the force of gravity, which is really quite a lot of pressure. You wouldn't enjoy that very much at all. No, you're going to be pretty rugged satellites. But hang on a second. The, the, the precision needed and make sure that you release it exactly the moment that it goes up the chimney. Um, extraordinary, I think well, you could probably release it before it gets to the chimney and then open the door and then it would just shoot up the chimney because um, there'd be nothing stopping it going in that direction. Wow. OK, I wouldn't want to live next door to that. No. You probably, you probably wouldn't, <laughs> but I don't think that they're going to build one of these in South London, so you're probably safe. Mm, gracious. It seems mm. quite extraordinary. And, of course, this week the Russians actually shot a satellite down, didn't they? They did, yes. They, uh, people in the International Space Station had to go into their safety capsule, ready for re-entry, because the Russians shot it to bits. And then, of course, there were even more bits around, as we've talked even umpteen times about all the bits floating around in orbit. There are now rather more it's bits. A lot of, yes, a lot, of, a lot of debris up there. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, closer to home. Um, yes. Back up, back down on, on Earth, Tesla. Hmm. Tesla, the Teslas start at £42,000. They're not cheap cars. And they're currently shipping without either USB sockets or wireless charging. And since... The whole point of Tesla is their connectivity. If you can't plug your phone in, it's a bit of a problem. And the owners are saying, hang on a minute, this car's arrived without the USB sockets or the wireless charging, yes. I was promised. Supply chain issues, they're saying. They're saying they're going to retrofit them when they get a hold of them. Well, I've just been onto Amazon, and you can get USB sockets, and you can get wireless charging pads. A wireless charging pad will cost you about 10 quid on Amazon. Why don't Tesla just go to Amazon and order some of the things? Oh, hang on. I've got a much better idea. Why don't you do a lovely-looking website and offer to fit the bits uh, to Tesla cars? That would be they, the thing. If they've got £42,000 for a car or more, yes. they've probably got enough money to give you a few. They probably have, fitting. haven't they? Yes. Yeah. Oh. You just That's need to change idea. one of the letters in the word Tesla. Rizzler. Rizzler cars. Rizzler cars. Exactly. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
That's quite no, extraordinary. Mean, you you no. tried one a while. You told us a, a, a few I months did. back how much you how much you liked it. Uh, clearly, was, though, the fact that it's now got no um, USB connectivity means you're not going to get one. No, of course not. How could I possibly? <laughs> <laughs> I can never have a car without USB connectivity. No. So um, let's talk food. Should we talk food? If you like. We have talked about um, artificial meat quite a lot on this show because mm, it clearly is the, the future. I know you're terrified and, um, that one day you're not going to be able to get bacon anymore. I'm terrified of that. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about um, lab-grown Wagyu. Uh, I remember. Which was this very expensive Japanese mm. beef, which is which the artificial version, which is was even more expensive. Uh, £80,000 a kilo right. is what it currently costs to make it, which is, you'd have to be a real beef fan to... Uh, yeah. to, to even Tesla that. owners might blanch at that, yes. Exactly. Well, we also mentioned some time ago the Israeli company Redefine Meat, who are 3D printing steaks. Mm. And 3D printing them means they can replicate not just the taste, but the texture, the mouthfeel, as, mm. uh, as it's these, these days called. And Marco Pierre White, mm. he of the restaurants, is so impressed, he's going to sell the fake beef in his steakhouses. And he's going to sell it, he reckons, for the same 20 to 30 pounds that he currently sells steaks for. Wow. Now, I had a look on the Marco Pierre White Steakhouse menu, and um, you can the cheapest steak you can get there is £25.50 for an eight-ounce sirloin. If you want sauce with it, it's an extra £3.50, which I think is a bit much for a, a tablespoon mm. of sauce. And it goes up to £31.95 for a fillet steak with garlic king prawns. I don't like the idea of garlic king prawns with a fillet steak. Surf and turf, I suppose they, they, they call it. <laughs> yeah. But frankly, we I have think to these trust. Are the best kept separate. You have to give a restaurant that you eat in a degree of trust. You know, that's one good reason not to be rude to waiters because you don't know what they're doing to your food before they bring you it. Don't. But if you are a vegetarian or a vegan and you go to a restaurant and you order um, fake steak, you've got to put a lot of trust in them because if the mouth, what did you say, the mouthfeel is so <laughs> similar now to steak that Marco Pierre White was. Um, suitably impressed then how do you know if they brought the right one well you don't if you were a vegan or they did vegetarian, you probably wouldn't buy it in the first place because you don't want to eat uh, mm. this stuff it's more for people who want to cut down on their meat intake either for health reasons or because they want to do their bit to save the planet well, which is all you very say that but I, you know i live with a, a a vegan who seems to spend an immense amount of my money on on buying things that look like Meat products, yes. but aren't. Yes, it's odd, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is very Strange. odd. And right. from meat products that aren't mm. onto the imaginary. You can work out what the imaginary, imaginary is. Imaginary, yes, okay. It's another Israeli it's company. I don't know why. Illusory milk. So, um, it is illusory milk. It is cow-free milk, which they make by inserting DNA into plant-based fats which they mix with sugar and water. They have so far raised $13 million to create their, their cow-free milk. The trouble with cow-free with cows, of course, is that they make more methane than just about anything else, mm. uh, which comes out of both ends of cows, apparently. Belching is, uh, is the, the, the worst problem, oh, I'm told, okay. with cows. Um, anyway, they reckon they'll have this in the shops by 2023. So you'll have milk that looks like milk, possibly tastes like milk, but doesn't come from a cow. Mm. Mm. 
there'll be an awful lot of redundant cows queuing up at the local job centre, won't they? Yes. And it'll be much more expensive than milk, of course, because these things always seem to be. They always seem to be. Well, milk is ridiculous, isn't it? Massive premium. Mm. Massive premium. Um, right. Well, we haven't had one of these for a while, so let's have another. Good news from Spain, where they have just passed a law that uh, people phoning up companies have a right to speak to a real person rather than just an automated number. Uh, and um, it'll be a law from next year, and it covers all companies with either more than 250 employees or uh, more than a 50 million euro turnover. Right. And so, you know, most big, uh, big companies. And um, they will also fine companies who take too long to answer. Oh, because I was about to say, well, that's sort of the way of getting out of it is just to take forever to answer the phone. No, 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 they thought of that one. So I'm, I have friends in Spain. I will find out when this goes into operation if it actually works. Yeah. I mean, it could be it could be worth, you know, next time you have problems with uh, with Amazon, phone up Amazon in Spain instead. I, I, I have not done it for a while, but when I've had real problems with Amazon that can't be solved, I have managed to get people on the phone. Yes. It hasn't been for a few years, but they're kind of real people. Unless, real of course, people. They, unless, of course well, they've got bots that sound like real people, which wouldn't put it past them. There are two reasons why Amazon is so successful. One is their incredibly a next-day delivery in just about mm. anything. But the other thing is their customer service, which is just outstanding. Mm. You buy something, you don't like it, you tell them, you can just send it back. They don't, mm. they don't quibble. They don't try and say, did you plug it in correctly? Have you tried turning it off and on again? No, no. Mm. Having recently tried to get Vodafone to solve a problem, I appreciate how useful that could be anyway back on to saving the planet with yes. our crowdfunding oh uh, hang on you the, uh, didn't give me much notice for that hang on Phew. i wonder where i put the fanfare for a moment and there we it's, it's, a, it's a curious one it's so plastic bags we all get plastic bags from shops and we're supposed to take them back to recycle them but of course we forget we end up paying the 10p for a new plastic bag each time mm. and then we end up with lots of plastic bags what do we do with them most of them cannot be recycled mm. some can be recycled but they get tangled up with everything else and they're difficult for people to sort out of the recycling enter the obago the obago is a kitchen device where you put your plastic bag in and it heats it up and compresses it into a roughly four-inch diameter disc that is um, between one and two inches thick, depending on how big the plastic right. bag is. And right. uh, that's it. Okay. I don't quite understand how helpful how is that? Do. Well, it comes with an app that tells you where you can take these discs to be recycled. But frankly, the idea that they're using all this heat and pressure to turn plastic, I mean, they're sure they're wasting far more resources uh, on converting the bags than just, um, yes. you know, throwing them away. Which but they're taking it one stage further and, you know, you weren't actually able to turn them into vinyl records or something. Yeah. And you could well, put music on. That would be yes, clever. That yes. would be clever. Anyway, $249, about £185 for these things. What? And, well, amazingly... They have managed to get 437 backers so far. 437 people think this is a good idea. They must be out of their minds. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention it. I don't recommend <laughs> that anyone goes to get one of these because I think it's, it's ludicrous. But there we go. Bizarre. Okay. Anything more bizarre? 
Well, finally, let's end up with the Egyptian reporter Mahmoud Ragbet, who was uh, reporting on an earthquake, which he was filming and live streaming on his phone uh, with 20,000 viewers watching him when a thief came back on a motorbike, grabbed his phone off him and rode off with it. Uh, what the thief didn't do was to turn the phone off. So for um, several minutes, the viewers were seeing the face <laughs> of this thief riding his motorbike um, out through the streets of Egypt, uh, and uh, and he was and he was caught. He was caught by the Ministry of the Interior using what they called modern technology, which may simply mean looking at a phone. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that. That's ex quite extraordinary. So it's because it the reporter was filming himself. Yes. You could see the, the thief's face. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, can, you, can, you can go on to Twitter now and you can see him riding on his motorbike, <laughs> occasionally glancing <laughs> down at the phone. <laughs> I, might, I might do that very thing. But that is it for this week's Gadget Gizmos. More with Steve Kaplan next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.